Hello everyone and welcome to the World of Yoga for Dancers episode 10. I am your host Sharon Johnston and I have named this episode Playing Your Own Hand. No, I don't mean run to the cupboard quickly and pull out the deck of cards for a game of solitaire or snap. But yes, let's think and link our thoughts right now to a set of cards in our hand. For example, gin rummy or poker, where you carefully taper things down to your best possible outcome with the cards that have been dealt. Hold that thought. The similarity between dancers and those who do not take part in any studio-based yoga classes is that there is a sense of not being good enough at it straight away. Or worse, assuming it is whatever we think it is before we have even attended a class and are therefore going off whatever we have seen or heard on social media and TV adverts for all of about three seconds or three minutes. And bam, now we have just closed the door to a whole world of self-care, love, hundreds of benefits, positivity, new friendships, a healthier lifestyle, and really importantly, we have shut ourselves off from support. The yoga community is such a kind and supportive place to be. Everyone has come to yoga for their own personal reasons. However, more often than not, it is because somewhere down the line, they've realized that they need to take better care of themselves physically and mentally. And it's just simply off that small flash of a thought of what we perceive yoga to be, that it's believed it's just not for us. It's too slow, too boring, I'm not interested, haven't got time. It's just stretching in weird positions to chimey, gongy music and that it's a bit borderline cult. Hmm, we'll just leave that one there. But because of these perceptions of yoga, it prevents many from even considering trying out yoga and seeing firsthand for themselves, be it a free class offer or not. So let me ask you, the listeners out there, if you don't already do yoga, why don't you go to yoga classes? I would love to hear from you. I also asked my online community and, oh gosh, I even popped the question up on TikTok and enabled Stitch. What was I thinking? For those of you who don't know, Stitch is where other TikTokers reply with their own video back to you. Oh no, really, what have I done? Anyway, I'll keep you posted. (laughs) So far, the online responses have been sensible ones and ones that I can share with you. The likes of, no, it's just not for me. It mostly looks impossible. Everyone just stands on their head and upside down all the time. I'm not flexible enough to do yoga and I just wouldn't be any good at it. The first point here, that everyone just stands on their head all of the time, is really how the practice of yoga is displayed more often than not on Instagram. We all know that Instagram is quote-unquote living your best life and yes there can be many poses in yoga where you are in one way or another upside down or with the head lower than the heart's level. As our heads are situated on top of the body 
It can be around 12 hours each day we hold our heads above heart level. There are so many benefits in counteracting this that by spending maybe 10 or 20 minutes of your day by doing a one hour's yoga practice and switching up the status quo allows the heart to pump fresh blood, oxygen and all of the nutrients carried in the blood faster to the brain, improving focus and concentration, also helping to calm the mind from its racing thoughts, relieving us from stress, anxiety and mild depression. Inversions such as headstands and handstands are challenging, but at the same time, fun. <laughs> if you are attempting these king postures, then please do be fully warmed up in the body and have a good space to practice in with plenty of soft cushions around you, especially if you are a beginner. Using the wall can also help gain some confidence in the beginning, but do not give the wall all of your trust, as when the time comes to move away from the wall, the trust you had can now turn into fear and block any further progression. So practice just as much with the wall as without in modified and easier postures too, like Uttanasana, forward fold with your feet together, or wide-legged forward fold, Prasarita Padottanasana, Ragdoll Pose, and Adho Mukha Svanasana, Downward Facing Dog. We have talked before about not being flexible enough to practice, and I have given my best effort in changing that mindset on previous episodes, but also I do want to add here to this episode that yoga is not about how deep into a pose you go, but who you are when you get there. How do you speak to yourself? What do you feel about yourself and what is the posture teaching you about you? In the yoga studios, there are students from all different backgrounds and all walks of life that enter the studio. But once you roll out the mat and hop straight on it, everyone is equal and who you are, where you are from or even why you are there, none of it matters. At the end of class, during Shavasana, Everyone reaps the benefits of their practice exactly the same as the person next to them. Bendy Wendy, front and centre, has gained the exact same benefits as everyone else in the class. Many will believe that Wendy over here has gotten more takeaway than them. It's just not true. So hold that thought. Let me explain. If you fill an espresso cup to the brim, it is full. If you fill an oversized coffee cup to the brim, it is the same as the espresso cup, full. So the person who is more flexible and folds deeply into postures with ease takes home no more of the benefits of yoga than anyone else. Now, let's come back to the first thought I asked you to hold, which was playing your own hand. Well, This is where it links in and exactly what I mean by playing your own hand. If you apply yourself to your practice fully, moving within your range of movement and ability, turning your awareness inwards, connecting the movements to work together within the rhythm of your breathing, you too will reap all of the rewards and learnings of your practice, just the same as anyone else taking the same class. 
It is important here for dancers to relate to the point of this episode also in their own dance classes and practices and rehearsals too. Whether you deem yourself to be just as good or not as those that dance alongside you in the studio every day, and I really do wish that we could prevent ourselves from sliding into that rabbit hole for anyone new here today, I do have an episode on keeping comparisons at bay. So please go to episode seven if you struggle with comparison matters. And I really hope it helps you. But let's make the connection here from the yoga mat to the dance studio. When you dance to your best efforts and capabilities in each and every class that you attend, you gain just as much as every other dancer in the studio no matter what the differences between each and every one of us are. So hopefully all of you listening here today, dancers and non-dancers, yogis and non-yogis, you will give a little bit, a little, a little bit more consideration to attending a yoga class now for the first time or practice more regularly. And dancers, by taking yoga classes, you can learn to better focus on yourself, counteract the demands of the physicalities, the pace and the pressure from your dance hours, and begin to notice in the calmer moments your personal progression and achievements within your training, be it in dance shoes or barefoot on the yoga mat. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope that you are enjoying all of these episodes. So please do drop me a message on any of my social media platforms, or you can even email me at yogafordancersuk at gmail.com. Until then, sending all of you so much love and light. Stay safe and well. Namaste.